All right, heart of the matter, long from the Mecca of Mormonism. I'm your host, Sean McCraney. And uh, because it's long, we begin with a word of prayer. Gonna need it because we're gonna take you out into the orbit, way out when it comes to thought of Christian thought. And uh, I hope it uh, tests you, challenges you, uh, provokes you, or causes you to think. Let's pray. Father, thank you for life. Thank you for these facilities. Thank you for Seth and Wendy in uh, getting the show out to us and archiving it and doing all the work they do behind the scenes. We pray that this will inspire people to think this this thing that Paul subtly reveals in Scripture. And uh, as we talk about it now, in Jesus' name, amen. So we've talked about mysteries, and we've talked about how God desires his children to seek out and discover and find them. Tonight, I've come across something that is certainly not secret, uh, or something that only special people with special knowledge have or know, but it is something really insightful about God and what he is doing and has been doing in the lives of those who seek and love him. And that would be you. So Paul's reference, he references uh, the insight in the book of Philippians chapter three. And it's a passage that is, it's given me pause every time I've come across it. But I've, I've learned that sometimes when you hit a passage you don't get, sometimes you won't stop to try to figure it out. You just keep reading and then years go by and you'll hit it again. And, and you know, sometimes it just takes a long time to germinate. Well, this thing germinated. And let me just read you a few verses beforehand to set the stage of what Paul says. He says at verse eight, yea, doubtless. This is Paul, a believer in apostle writing. I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. Now, we know that when Paul writes this, that he has been saved, right? We know because he's written many other epistles uh, that when he speaks of the possibility saying that I may win Christ, that he's talking about something different than salvation. Then at verse nine, he says, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which through the faith of Christ, the righteousness, which is of God by faith. So tied to this desire, that impossibility of winning Christ that he mentions in verse 8, Paul speaks to faith and the righteousness of God, which is by faith. Why? He tells us at verse 10, that I may. So there is the condition again. He's not saying that I have or that I, that I will. He says that I may, one, know him, two, and the power of his resurrection, Three, and the fellowship of his sufferings. And four, being made conformable to his death, that I, that I may have all those things. And then he adds the kicker for the night. You ready? That if by any means, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. And then he wraps up the verses and he says, eh, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after that if, if that I may attain that which 
Also, I have apprehended of Jesus Christ. And he says, I don't have, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things that are before. He's saying, I'm still striving. Then he says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I press toward this mark for the prize, something that will be awarded of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We have something really different being discussed here. It is not his salvation. He was saved a long time ago and he speaks in Romans. We don't question that. That's a done deal by grace by faith, right? And we know that Paul, even though he calls it that he might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, that Paul knows he's going to be resurrected. So what's he talking about here? All right. He, from these passages, he talks about that he, the possibility that he may win Christ in the future. And he clearly links faith to Christ in this potential win. And he maintains that by faith, the road to winning Christ includes one, knowing him, two, the power of his resurrection, three, he did what he describes the fellowship of his sufferings, four, being made conformable to Christ's death, and then what does he hope to accomplish in and through those things he just listed? Verse 11, he tells us, if by any means I might attain unto and he says, the resurrection of the dead. Is he hoping to be resurrected? Is he not believing that he's going to be resurrected? Is that what he's saying here? No. But he does say he hopes that if by any means he might be, or he might not be, he might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Let's look for a moment at what men have said traditionally over the years about what Paul was talking about. Now, a group of them have said that Paul wasn't certain that he was going to heaven. Total BS. Paul knew he was going to heaven. Paul wrote as a saved believer. He's not wondering if he's going to heaven when he says that. But they misinterpret that and say he's wondering if he's going to go to heaven. The second one is that Paul was uncertain that he would be resurrected. That he was saying, I'm, I'm doing everything I can in order that I might attain unto because he writes the resurrection of the dead. That's not what he's talking about there. Paul clearly, according to Romans 8, uh, uh, 38 and 39, and according to 1 Corinthians 15, he clearly knew he was going to be resurrected. He, he isn't talking about attaining unto the resurrection that's going to be given to people. He says that he hopes that he might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, but it's something different. It's not just the resurrection. How do we know that? I'll tell you in a second. The last view put forth, it suggests that Paul was openly hoping, striving to obtain a reward. He was press forwarding to the prize that would be specific to his acts, to his works, to his understanding and growth as a Christian. That's why he says that he would move on through the resurrection of Christ and the sufferings of his death, and that he, uh, if by any means he would, he would do all those things that he could attain the resurrection of the dead. Okay, so 
where Paul says, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead, he was not sure, according to whatever he meant by that line, the resurrection of the dead, he was not certain he would receive it. Okay? That is plain as the Greek here translated, if by any means, cannot mean anything, but I'm uncertain. So, we have an issue. Because the resurrection was certainly believed and taught by the followers of Christ. And it was taught by Paul in Romans 8 and Romans 15 completely that all people are going to be resurrected. And that was emphasized by Christ. But here he's uncertain about attaining to this thing that translations call the resurrection of the dead. Or does he? The key to this is in the Greek. The term for resurrection in all of the new uh, apostolic letters, in all the New Testament, the term for resurrection is anastasis. Anytime you see resurrection, you're going to see anastasis. Does Paul use anastasis here when he says, if by any means I might attain anastasis? He does not. He uses a word that's not used anywhere else. It's related to anastasis, but it's different. It's exanastasis. Exanastasis. And that's a very different word. It has different letters to it. It means something different. Anastasis, Paul has taught, everybody is going to receive anastasis. The wicked will receive anastasis. The uh, good will receive anastasis. There is a general resurrection all will receive. Paul knew all people would receive anastasis. But what he is saying here is he wants to receive exonostasis. And that word, according to our best scholars, means I want to receive, if by any means possible, the out resurrection. The out resurrection. What does that mean? It means here's general anastasis. I want to receive a resurrection that's outside of that. I want to receive a resurrection from God that's not of the general kind. I want to receive this ex-anastasis and I want to do it by these things that I say in verse 10. And I hope by any means possible, I can attain it. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever understood that that is a concept within the Christian faith? That there is a an ability to live your life in a way, because it's not being saved and it's not being resurrected. It's living your life in a way that God will bestow on you a resurrection that's outside the norm. It's exanastasis. It's different. It's, we might say, better. How? We don't know. He doesn't tell us. He just says, I want to get it. No matter what. By any means possible, in light of all that we have read What we can say here is whatever it was that Paul hoped to gain was something other than normal resurrection of all believers from the dead. In fact, what he longed for and strived for was a resurrection that was outside of what common resurrection would look like. Have you ever allowed yourself to believe that as a Christian, your uh, eternal existence is different than just being saved? Or just being resurrected, that Paul talks about another type of resurrection. It's really an important concept to sons and daughters of God, so I hope you'll consider thinking about it. 
How is it unique to anastasis or general resurrection? First of all, we can see that Paul considered this ex-anastasis or out-resurrection conditional upon believers. It's a conditional thing. That's why he hoped to attain it by any means necessary. And it's predicated on some things that Paul describes as vital to being able to receive it. To hear, You want to hear him again? Verse 10. That I may, number one, know him. Now, without a long Greek explanation that I can hardly understand myself, this is written in the genitive of the articular, second, aorist, ingressive, active, infinitive of Gnosko. And long story short, the Greek scholars say that means I want to experience Christ. I want to know him by experience. That's what it means there to know him. It means not just intellectual knowledge. You want to experience Christ in you. The next things he, he mentions is, and the power of his resurrection. So Paul just didn't want to be a Christian who died to his flesh, died to his flesh. He wanted someone who would rise up to new life and let his inner man guide him throughout his existence. That is something he says he's doing in order to possibly attain exanastasis. All right. Then he says, and the fellowship of his sufferings. He literally describes a partnership with Christ in suffering. All right. Christ is in the garden of Gethsemane and he says, Father, if any way, let this cup pass, but not my will, thine be done. And his father said, my will is you drink the cup. The father says to us, hey, you know, uh, we say, Father, I really want to do this, but not my will, thine be done. And father says, you do this and it's insufferable. That is to experience partnership of the suffering of Christ. All right. And then to, uh, he says, and being made conformable to his death. That's the fourth thing he says he does as a means to hope to attain this ex resurrection, this out-resurrection. That's written in the present passive participle, uh, participle of sumorfidzo. And what it means here is to literally be configured to the agony of Christ's death. That's a tall order, right? It doesn't happen by anything but faith. It doesn't happen but by the Spirit in you. You can't earn it. But it is a biblical reality that there does exist a resurrection that's outside the norm that is a better one than what is generally given to people. Clearly then, more than faith in Christ is involved, which is how salvation comes, but it is the suffering. It's the extreme sanctification. It's walking by the Spirit and not the flesh when possible. And it takes us to a new level of the faith. So at verse uh, 14, Paul describes it as pressing on toward the prize, is what he said. And if a prize is requires, if a prize requires pressing into it, then resurrection that Paul is talking about is not a gift bestowed upon you like it's bestowed upon the normal. It's something bestowed upon you outside of the normal. 
Interestingly, that word prize in verse 14 is brabion, and brabion means an award bestowed. So Paul is now talking about, it's only used twice in the New Testament, and it's used when, when Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 9.24, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. That is, again, a conditional thing that you are pressing in that you might by any means attain unto this resurrection that Paul is talking about. Most see this passage as referring to eternal rewards which believers can obtain for faithfulness in this life. And therefore, it is a word used in connection with uh, reward and awards at striving for personal excellence in the race or the walk called Christianity. Because Paul repeatedly asserts that rebirth is not an award, but is something bestowed by God's grace, we know it's not tied to salvation. And because we know that that is the case, then we know the meaning of this passage is very different from being saved. It is taking us to a level of rewards now, and it deals directly with discipleship by the Spirit. It pertains to believers, not unbelievers. Unbelievers can never receive the ex, uh, the ex anastasis, the out resurrection. They can only receive a resurrection. And it concerns rewards, not entrance to the kingdom, which a believer can obtain by allowing God to produce the good fruits through them by faith. It seems, therefore, to be a reward for the individual who lets God exude from their person. And again, the meaning of ex-resurrection, ex-anastasis, appears to refer to something that is not bestowed on the common, something outside of that. I think this makes the writer of Hebrews' words now make sense. When he says, describing the people of the Old Testament, he describes them this way, that they were tortured, not accepting deliverance, in order that they might obtain a better resurrection. Now that makes more sense in light of what Paul said he hoped to attain by any means necessary and possible, right? The power of his resurrection to know him by experience, to uh, endure the partnership of his sufferings, and to be conformed to his flesh in death. In the end, this out-resurrection is something to consider. Something that you don't hear talked about too much in the annals of, in the halls of Christianity. And when we are focused so much on believe and be saved, believe and be saved, Paul clearly is talking about something more. So at this point, we're just going to share a little graphic with you. I'm going to give you a what, I'm going to give you a who, and I'm going to get you, give you a because of. The first what is saved from sin and death and hell. The who, all people. That's scripture. All people. It's not universalism. That's just the victory of Jesus over sin, death, and hell. Because of what? Yeshua the anointed finished work. So there's the first what, who, and because of. That's good news. 
The next one. What? Save to the heavenly kingdom of God. Who? People of faith. Because of God's grace given through faith on his son. It is based on faith. So that's the second one that we can look to. The third what is resurrection. Who? All people. Anastasis. They will all get it. Both the living and the dead will get a resurrection. What it looks like, I have no idea. Why? It's bestowed on all by God because of Christ. And the final what? Out-resurrection. Ex-anastasis. Who? Apparently few. Those who win the prize, those who run the race and press forward into taking it. Because it's given by God to some as a reward for their fruits of their life and their walk. And to me, then, the goal is ex-anastasis. That's the goal, you know. And we can work it reverse. The goal is ex-anastasis. How's it arrived? By the love that we share. How does that come? By the faith which we uh, live by. How does that come? By God's grace, right? Because of who? Jesus Christ. You can work it the opposite way. But the end goal, in Paul's life at least, was ex-anastasis. And where resurrection, which is glorious, and it comes in different forms according to 1 Corinthians 15, is given to all, ex-anastasis seems to come because of faith in God through Christ and because of love for God and man and because of humility before our maker in all things and because of maintaining a merciful heart and walking in patience and forgiveness for all in this world and not being of this world and dead to the flesh and contrite and generous and an applier of talents that you have been given and selfless and reliant upon God for all things and a bond servant of Christ and benevolent and kind, sacrificial, suffering for the will of God, long suffering, a lover of light, hopeful, expectant, encouraging, a teacher, a servant, a slave, All of those things describe the Christian who upon taking their breath will enter into the kingdom with a resurrected body that's different from the, from the rest of the pool. I don't know what it looks like, but it is there. My thumb's getting dried out. 